0: Check his
1: school books. So they hide
0: the drugs in the spine of the book. I saw it on Dateline. What do you want, son?
1: I'm not on drugs. Hey, that's government property, Dad.
2: Shh. Look, we love you, son. We want to help you.
1: Then believe me. I'm telling the truth.
0: Look, something really weird is happening at school. The teachers, something's happened to them.
2: Don't push it. All right, I'm bending as far as I can here. But if you push it, you just let me call Delilah, please. Okay. That's it. Your privileges are now over. No phone. Sorry,
0: over. No internet. You'll go to school, straight to school, and you'll come straight home. You got it.
1: I'm not going back to that school. They're waiting for me. Oh, you'll go. If I have to tie to the desk myself, you'll go. Oh, music. It's porno. You're porno.
2: Poop. Sorry, pal. No more flogging the bishop.
0: We are going to get you help. Don't worry. Get your room cleaned up.
2: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Second Chance Cinema. I am one of your, I'm the less interesting host. Oh my gosh, that's
1: lies. MC. Lies. I am your, I don't have anything,
2: Spro. He's the skipper. He's the hes the general <laughs> the here. He's the general. the uh, He knows way more about movies than I could, he's forgotten more about movies than I'll ever know. So, so yeah, so today I have to confess something. I had never seen this movie before. You suggested it. Are you kidding me? I had never seen it. And I watched it for the first time last night and finished it this morning. And it was awesome. Oh my gosh, right? It was just, and we'll get into this more, but it's basically The Breakfast Club with Aliens. Right? Perfect, perfect. I mean, that's what it is. It's The Breakfast Club with Aliens.
1: A lot of people were... Pointing it out as Invasion of the Body Snatchers meets The Breakfast Club.
2: That's completely accurate. And so the first thing the first thing I thought of was like, wow, there are a lot of people in this movie. And again, <laughs> we'll get to that later. This was 1998, so you and I would have been sophomores in high school, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. I remember this coming out, but I, I definitely just was kind of like, eh, I don't really care to go see it. 98 was also the year of like... There were some good action movies, I feel like, around 97, 98, so I was more in that vibe than the sci-fi horror kind of. That really just wasn't my thing. Well, and
1: there's a lot of people... By this point, like, Kevin Williamson Mania was kind of, like, going down. What else did he do? So he did Dawson's Creek. Oh, okay. Which, like, So he introduced the the concept of teenagers talking like adults, Mm -hmm. right? And then he did Scream. Uh
2: Uh-huh. And so
1: he entered into, like, the horror, the trope of... Everybody being metacognitive and understanding that they're in a movie or they're, they're, they're analyzing their lives like movies. Right. And so when this came out, it had the same type of stuff in it. And so that's what got the critics kind of against this movie is they're like, well, we've seen this before. Right. And now looking back... I think it's wholly original.
2: So the because that's the first thing before I kind of like I just I just rented it and started watching and before I kind of dove into it I was like oh this has to be a West Craven movie because just the way it was just the vibe was like very scream very kind of. Taking the piss out of itself at points where, right. where it was like, oh, haven't you ever seen the movies? This is exactly what happens, and all that. But actually directed by Robert Rodriguez, who did From Dust Till Dawn, right, which came out before this, I think, right? That was like, I feel like yeah. Dust Till Dawn was like 95, 96 or right. something. Right. And I love that movie when it came out probably because it was one of those movies that like I I like my my parents or my mom would like let me rent because she thought it was like a vampire movie but then there were like boobs everywhere so you're like <laughs> oh awesome And Robert Rodriguez did he do Desperado also? Yeah, he did that okay. series Sin City. Oh yeah, okay. Um Spy Kids?
1: <laughs> And now it's right. all up on the machete kills.
2: Right, 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 right. So in case you haven't guessed, um, and hopefully you have because you clicked on the link and <laughs> saw the poster, the movie we're talking about is The Faculty. And like I said, I'd never seen this before. Just never kind of knew about it, but never really had an urge to go check it out. You clearly are a huge fan of this movie. Uh, yeah,
1: I, like, I, I was driving here today about to talk about it. I was like, where would I put this on my like all-time rank? Because even, I probably watched this movie over 20, maybe 30 times mm-hmm. in my lifetime. And I watched it again last night. And I just, as soon as Dimension Films was like, you know, the, the mm-hmm. production studio logo came on, you start hearing Offspring.
0: Offspring. Mm-hmm.
1: And then all of a sudden, like your first like image of Robert Patrick going off, mm-hmm. Usher, mm-hmm. they there like, i Was in. this
2: Usher's uh, first film role?
1: This was his, yes, yes. This was his first film role. This was Jordana Brewster's first film role. Oh, Josh was Hartnett's it? second. You know, like they're all babies when this is happening.
2: Yeah. So it was a a loaded cast, I think. Okay, so before we get into the trailer comparison that i made was that when we were recording or is that when we were just talking breakfast club with aliens
1: no we were recording okay so
2: <laughs> that was only four minutes ago and i can't remember <laughs> so the breakfast club with aliens and i think that the the tropes in the movie you've got the athlete who doesn't want to be an athlete mm-hmm. you've got the bad boy who has access to and information about drugs mm-hmm. you've got the weird girl Yep, the goth weird girl. Weirdo. Right, you've got kind of a combination of like the innocent slash socialite slash like bratty s- snotty girl. The combination of like Jordana Brewster and the blonde girl. Okay, they're they're kind because of, there's there were five in the Breakfast Club and there's six in this one. Right, and then the brain, which was Frodo Baggins. Mm-hmm. And then there's one I'm missing.
1: Well, I wrote it, each film of the film's protagonist has an obvious counterpart from The Be- Breakfast Club. Right. Stan's counterpart is Andy, which was uh, Emilio athlete, Estevez. right, yep. Delilah's is Claire. Right. Um, Casey's is Brian. Right. Zeke's is Bender. And Stoke- Stokely's is Allison.
2: Right. Okay, and yeah. Then and Mary got Beth all.
1: doesn't really fit in.
2: Well, so I, I kind of lumped Mary Beth, the blonde girl, the transfer girl, as like the, she, she kind of got into the Molly Ringwald category for me. Mm. She was all like, you know, not innocent, but like kind of um flighty and and whatever mm-hmm. so that said there d- was a good essay that i found uh-huh a leo wrote
1: an essay this is found all over the internet if you research the faculty which in It identifies the film's influences. Mix of Invasion of the Body Snatchers with The Thing. John Carpenter's Mm -hmm. The Thing. Throw in some Terminator, a spoonful of Breakfast Club, and a pinch of the Stepford Wives. And then she says, and you got a big mess of a movie set in a school that's being taken over by a conformist alien, one teacher at a time. The Terminator. I saw The Terminator. And really, if you want to see this movie, and you should, and you should go out. Pause this <laughs> podcast right now because we're going to get into spoilers. Uh-huh. But I saw my biggest flash of the Terminator was at the very
2: end when... Where he's sitting up against the wall. Right. And the, and the, the, and the alien is reaching
1: out. Yeah, that makes sense. And I was like, well, that is pure James Cameron right there. Yeah, that
2: makes sense. Well, so let's get into it. What we do here, we're going to play the trailer. We're going to write some freeform poetry, I think, right? About I, the movie. Yeah. I don't really have a plan at the moment. In fact I don't even have paper. I'm gonna have to stand up and get some paper. I got half a note card. Do You wanna have a note I'll card? I'll get, I'll get some supplies. Okay. Um when we play the trailer, we're going to uh, we're each gonna write a, a poem of our choosing, could be a haiku, could be a limerick, could be a sonnet, could be a rap. I don't know. Um <laughs> to describe our feelings about this movie, The Faculty. Here's the trailer. From
0: Kevin Williamson,
2: the writer of Scream and Scream 2, and Robert Rodriguez,
0: the director of Desperado, and from Dusk Till Dawn comes the new science fiction thriller.
1: No more pencils,
0: no more books, no more teachers' dirty looks. The students at Harrington High have always suspected their teachers were from another planet. Is this going to be on the test? This is the test. This time, they're right. (laughs) Now, these six students won't just question authority. They'll have to destroy it. (laughs) The Faculty...
2: Please report to the principal's office. Okay, that was probably the shortest trailer we've done so far. And there's none longer. They're all like one minute and 11 seconds. I feel a bit rushed with my poetry, (laughs) but that's fine.
1: I went straight to the haiku because the struggle was real. So did I. You want to go first? Sure. Go for it. Mine centers around
2: hair. Hair?
1: Hair. Oh, all right. Joshua Hartnett's mm-hmm. hair needs a comb and water. He dates Miss Bad
2: Bangs. Who is Miss Bad Bangs? Famke Jensen. Oh it yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, l- yeah, yeah. We forgot to mention her. She's yeah, she was a she was a treat in this movie. Okay, here's mine. <laughs> Teachers are monsters. Drugs in ballpoint pen bodies. Mightier than sword. <laughs> So, mine went pretty deep. You're was super a d- creative. That was a deep cut. You, to, that was you a deep, might that was be one of my creative friends. That was a deep cut. Um, <laughs> you have all kinds of creative friends. Aren't you're all your friends creative? Yeah, and
1: you might be one of the most creative ones. Oh. Just throwing that out there.
2: Well, you said you might be one of my creative friends. And I said, you have. I mean, all your friends are creative. You're even better with words than I am. Well, <laughs> disagree. So, the movie starts just like an average day at school, right? Dimension you see, Films logo. Right. And then the you offspring. see like... The offspring, and then you see Robert Patrick berating. Oh, his that's what was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you see the the football kid first. Him and Usher are uh, on the field, and they're just finishing practice, I think. And that's when you get your first glimpse of something might be going on because Robert Patrick, who was awesome in this movie. You know, he's a Bay Village residence.
1: Really? Bay Village, Ohio. He goes to Westwood Country Club. He's a member there. He lives here? Yeah. Or this is where he grew up. I don't know if he still lives here, but this this is his hometown. Seriously? Yeah. I didn't
2: know that. (laughs) That was the first, when I used to teach Taekwondo to little kids, one of the first times I ever heard, hey, you know who you look like? uh was him some little kid said you look like the bad terminator (laughs) and i was like i guess i mean i don't see it i don't either maybe back then i mean i you know i was a lot better looking back then so i don't know Uh, but um disagree so robert patrick and then we kind of get introduced sort of really really it reminded me of um in armageddon which actually came out the same year and then i think about it when they're doing the whole like rundown of the cast of characters, mm. and they they show each of the characters sort of in their element for like fifteen seconds, but you instantly have an idea of like who those characters are.
1: When they freeze frame and put
2: the name up and everything like that. Oh right, that's right. And the faculty they did do that, but so like you get the shot of Frodo Baggins getting beat up and getting thrown into the pole oh and my stuff. Gosh, so yeah. clearly he's the nerd. <laughs> then you get. Um, Josh Hartnett like spinning out in his car and pulling up all dirty and clearly he's like the bad boy and all that. So, I thought that was kind of – I'm trying to think of the other teen movies that came out then. Like, She's All That and – Can't Hardly Wait. Can't Hardly Wait. I guess Can't Hardly Wait did it. But this seemed pretty heavy-handed when it came to like, okay, here's this this archetype. Here's who the character is. Right. Can't Hardly Wait was a little more like, I don't know, like nebulous because they had – you know, the prom queen, it had the jock athlete, but then after that it was kind of like different levels of, you know, there was like an outcast girl, but she was also like funny and and all that stuff. Well, and this is like, I think if you look at
1: teen movies, I think there is a great divide between before Columbine and after Columbine. And this was obviously before Columbine because we're still slashing teens up this is like the scream era Mm -hmm. it's rated r everybody's swearing everybody's cursing at each other everybody's bullying each other you Mm -hmm. know like they Mm -hmm. try to eradicate that from film after columbine because there was such a such a backlash against movies that showed teens as adults so Uh,
2: so wait when was columbine again was that 99 99 okay so this was 98 Mm -hmm. and do you remember when it came out during the year christmas day really yeah this came out on Christmas this Day. This a
1: Christmas Day film released on Christmas Day, 1998.
2: Wow. I wonder what the rationale behind that is. You don't see that a lot with like <laughs> no, horror sci fi movies, right? Those are mostly like, like the Christmas Day movies are always like the feel good, like pursuit of happiness stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I wonder why that was. That's, <laughs> that's, that's gonna have me puzzled for the rest <laughs> of the day. To me it seems like kind of like a Robert Rodriguez type like, "Well, fuck it. We're just going to do this Christmas Day." Is that how he talks? I maybe. That's no. a great impression of Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> we'll have to tweet at him and see if he agrees. Right. Um so the first the first kind of action scene is involves the teachers, mm-hmm. right? And this was part of probably one of my favorite parts when they did it in Face Off too, when they they cast an actress who's not necessarily known for being like a I don't know. Like I don't want to be too chauvinistic, but like a sex pot. And this time they did it with Frasier's wife and cast be- her as the principal. B.B. Newworth. Yes. Mm-hmm. What was her name on Cheers and Frasier? I don't know. Maris? Was it Maris? It was Maris. Maris. <laughs> anyway, so they cast her first as this heavy-handed principal who's talking about budget cuts and blah, blah, blah. Long story short, Robert Patrick kind of with, reveals without revealing that he something's wrong with him. He stabs her with a pencil in the hand, which was – that took me by surprise. I <laughs> thought that was pretty gross and pretty cool. She, she gets chased through the school and then there's another teacher who's also an alien and she ends up getting killed, or so we think. And the reason I bring up the whole sex spot thing is because later in the movie, she comes back and, like, her hair's all disheveled and, like, her top button's undone and she's got, like, she's got this, like, hey, I'm a sexy alien principal now. And it's just one of those things where her care like, that actress, to me, forever will be known as Frasier's wife. And her character on Cheers and on Frasier, who I loved, was just such a departure from from that that it was weird to see.
1: Right. I guess so. I didn't bring that, like, myself to it. I just – as far as principals go, she was a very good-looking principal.
2: It's a long – I mean, my mom had a big, big obsession with Frasier for a long time, this TV (laughs) show, which is actually really good if you watch it. Smart. But in Face Off, I was mentioning, too, Joan Allen was the wife of – well, Nicolas Cage, John Travolta, depending on where you were in the movie. But there were parts when um, John Travolta would be ogling her up and down and stuff like that. And um, she's the mom from Pleasantville. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like, this is kind of (laughs) weird. So it just, it made me laugh. Like, oh, Frazier's wife is like now the hot, sexy alien principal. Side fact about the principal. Her name was Principal Drake. Drake, yep. Gets her name from the Drake equation. Do you know what that is? The Drake equation? Mm-hmm. Oh, is that the um, the equation that says A plus B plus guy who used to be on Degrassi now makes crappy hip-hop music? No. Oh. But good guess. Okay. Um, it's
1: used to estimate how much intelligent life there is in the universe.
2: Oh, interesting. That's cool. I love, I love stuff like that. How, I d- how could that be an equation? Though? I like, don't know. Well, I
1: mean, somebody's trying to figure it out, I guess, how much intelligent life there could be based off of how much intelligent life there is in the Milky Way galaxy, maybe?
2: I guess I don't know
1: How many galaxies are there Versus X plus E equals Whatever (sighs) Hmm. And then Harrington High Where they set this film Mm -hmm. In the high school Is actually the Texas School For the Deaf
2: Like they filmed it there? Yeah Interesting I thought you were going to say Harrington was like a Noted alien researcher I just feel like
1: it's a Really big
2: school Like A lot of deaf people I got that sense too Not about the deaf people, just that it was a big school. Yeah, it always seems like schools and t te- on un- like well, I guess not now because you drive by our old high school and it's just gigantic. Right. But when we were there, it was like three hallways and maybe twenty classrooms or something like well, that. Well, because in our day they weren't like,
1: ooh, we need vaulted ceilings in this
2: high school, right? You know, like, right, right, just right. Let's like, right. just
1: cram these kids in and get them learned.
2: That's true. So the other one, the other, the other actor in this movie who I quite enjoyed was John Stewart. <laughs> and I remember he's actually the one I remember from the trailer when this came out when we were kids. Check the mesodermic follicles on its underbelly.
0: What does that mean? It means we gotta call the university, let them take a look. Maybe even get in on some of that federal grant money. Our secret. All right. Hey Stoke, maybe it's from your plan. You would blow me blood. All right. Whoa, did you see that? What is it doing? Good chain. So you think it's amphibian? Well, water resuscitated it.
1: Yeah, but couldn't this kill it?
0: Yeah, you don't want to drown it. One way to find out. Oh, man.
1: Oh, it's, okay. <gasps> it's all right. It's okay.
0: What are you doing? Just gonna check his prostate. Actually, the surface texture changed, so I don't wanna feel it.
2: When did he start The Daily Show? Oh, like, my gosh. That yeah. had to be a long time ago. Before I just remember – I guess my point is I just remember it being weird to see him in a like a, a movie. Right. His
1: character name was uh, Professor Edward Furlong. Furlong?
2: Yeah. Edward Furlong. Yeah. Edward Furlong. Edward Furlong. I get that. Terminator. You got that reference? Terminator, yep. right? Yep, yep. Unless there's something even deeper that I'm not sure of. Mm-hmm. The only other movie I've, I can remember him from was the Adam Sandler movie. Big Daddy, and has he? Oh,
1: he was great in Big Daddy, that was and that's a great the thing. Movie. That's the
2: thing I kept thinking was like, I wonder why he didn't do more like acting, acting. I mean, I guess he's got The Daily Show pretty, yeah. you know, that's his thing. But like, he he made me laugh in this movie. I remember he made me laugh in Big Daddy. He does joke that this is his best acting performance of his life in The Faculty. I wouldn't discount that. I liked all of his choices. I thought he was. <laughs> I thought he was funny. <laughs> I thought he was funny. He was weird. He was cool. He was. I mean,
1: when he turns. And they're like, oh, yeah, Casey thinks you're an alien. And mm-hmm. he just, like, rolls his eyes and goes, really? I uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. I think I would have known at that point that I should probably leave the room. Right. You know, like, that was pretty apparent. But <laughs> And,
2: I... uh, yeah, that's when we got the badass paper cutter scene. The, oh, we uh, did The
1: Daily Show in 99. So okay, so this was right after. Nation.
2: So, okay. Yeah. So, he's still looking for his big break. Mm-hmm. That's fair enough. Kind of moving forward. So, we start to get glimpses that there's some sort of alien infestation, I guess. And... One of the cooler things I thought and I actually don't remember where it came from but was when Frodo Baggins found the like the husk of the creature Mm -hmm. on the football field. Where did that come from? Did they ever tell you where that came from? Well, that's
1: when you first... It probably came from... Because the first uh, sign that you know something's wrong is, like we said at the very beginning, you're at football practice. Right. And then a sprinkler starts going off and Robert Patrick, with all his aggression, tries to like break it. And then a shadow appears behind him and he's like, what do you want? Oh, that's right. Yeah. So knowing at the end of the film that they... Pretty much infect people by the the queen does by mm-hmm. like spraying out the little mm-hmm. little what are you know like the oh they had a name for them they were little like
2: cephalopods or something yeah. like that.
1: I guess that when Elijah Wood is eating his lunch on the bleachers because he's the nerd, uh-huh. you know, he's the outcast, that when he goes down, he finds it pretty much in the exact location that Robert Patrick got t- turned. So that's, that's a good question.
2: I so, I remember, so, the beginning scene, I was like, oh, I, I wonder who that was. Are we to assume it was the queen? Yes. Okay. And she just comes up in her human form and sprays him or whatever? Right. Okay. And I
1: think, like, I want... We're all over the place, but I want a Mary Beth Hutchinson
2: fan fiction i want her story as soon as she started talking i was like the- I oh spoiler alert <laughs> yeah sorry about that so as soon as she started talking i was like this uh, this actress is so familiar but i cannot for the life of me place her and i kept thinking and i kept thinking and i kept thinking cuz i don't like to look it up if i can help it like right. I like it oh yeah for some reason it's it's like a tick where if i can think of it on my own that like validates me for the rest of the day and I kept thinking, I kept thinking, and then it hit me. There was this show on Nickelodeon. Okay. When we were growing up, and Nickelodeon was kind of trying to appeal to like nah like teens, like what we would call today the tween okay. demographic. There was a show called Fifteen, which was basically nine oh two one oh, but more like four four one four five. Because it was it was just it was a very like bland high school drama. That was very much like an after-school special kind of thing Because Mm -hmm. one episode dealt with like Oh, the team captain drinks beer Oh no (laughs) And oh, this guy wears a leather jacket He must be a jerk And here's the man himself
0: Hi, Hunk What? How you doing? Hunk? Oh, that's Kelly's word She told me this morning she thinks you're hot
2: Look, it's not totally unusual for guys to have a few beers on Saturday night.
0: So what's the problem? But it's not just Saturday nights, is it? I mean, you drink beer more than once a week. Look, I'm
2: sick and tired of getting hassled. You know what I was always
1: jealous of? Hmm. Not to, because I always talk about the girls' looks josh hartnett's look in this minus his hair being all like scraggly and everything uh-huh. kind of reminded me of like matthew lillard from scream okay where you got like the big clothes and like they're just falling right. off and everything like that right i always wanted that look why i don't know <laughs> 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 like that's a different but like i got the broad shoulders and everything like that
2: yeah he's kind, that's kind of like the tall and ethno
1: yeah. like there's there's, there's like the three body it. types you got like the round body, the like the rail, and then you got the the upside down triangle, which is what I am.
2: Oh, you're like a mesomorph. Yeah, yeah, nice, like Captain America.
1: Was is it, I thought, mesomorph was the circle.
2: Uh, I think Mesomorph is superheroish. Okay. I don't know.
1: I'll take it. How do we start talking about this? Josh Hartnett. Oh, really that's cute. right. Yeah, yeah, And then Stokely... Or, so Mary Beth Hutchinson, when you first see her, and she's the blonde girl with the southern accent and whatnot, and she's asking where the principal's office is, because mm-hmm. it's her first day, that's Robert Rodriguez's sister with the nose ring that goes to the earrings.
2: Ah, uh, okay.
1: She's like, I really like how it compliments your eyes.
2: Because she got... That girl, I think... There was a weird shot in the credits where... Like, they went through all the main actors, and even, like, the secondary actors, and then the last people given um, a title card in the credits were, it was just two kids who were fighting in the hallway earlier in the movie. Was that, who was that? Was that that her? No. Oh, that made no sense to me. (laughs) So. They,
1: uh, those two, there's four, there's four characters in this film that have fuck in their character names, and that was the fuck you girl and the fuck you boy. Okay. And that, and then, what's his name from the 70s show? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny Masters, Danny Masterson, he is trying to score drugs from Josh Hartnett right. with the other kids. Do you do you recognize the other kid? No. He was the lead in Dazed and Confused, the, uh, the young one that was going around to the parties and everything. Interesting.
2: Yep. So they were. So this is just a who's who of teen
1: movie uh, actors. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Um, um, they were fuck up number one and fuck up number two.
2: Interesting. Okay. <laughs> that was their character. Classic. Ones. Classic Rodriguez. Classic. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> so the 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 drug that josh hartnett makes scat scat and we're led to believe that he makes it using stuff he steals from the chemistry class right which yeah plus caffeine pills oh that's right yeah he says like caffeine pills or something
0: what is that it's magic dust you want some No, i have a low tolerance thank you you sure? I'm allergic to aspirin, so that would probably kill me. We wouldn't want to do that. No. I'm Mary Beth Louise Hutchinson. Atlanta.
1: I know.
0: It's right. You know everything.
2: I'm Zeke.
0: I know. It's a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine.
2: So so he makes this drug and he sells it in um, the form of Bic pens. Mm-hmm. Clever. Yeah, I thought that was pretty clever. I suppose that's also very uh, financially responsible, too, because those are pretty cheap. And, -hmm. you know, you can eliminate a lot of overhead if you're uh, a blossoming drug dealer. (laughs) We find out through the stabbing of Jon Stewart's character in the eye that... The aliens are like allergic to the drug. Right. right? It dehydrates them. It, oh, that's what it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not even accidental because he says it's a diuretic, which means that it dries you out. And apparently these aliens are dependent on water, mm-hmm. which is why they've come to Earth because we're 72% water. We make perfect hosts. It's the exact opposite of signs from M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Makes you wonder if he saw this. Maybe. When signs come out. Oh like right around the same time. Was it? No, it wasn't signs like Sixth 2000 was 90. Yeah, you're right. 2000 it was later. Unbreakable was 2000. Wow, signs. I for some reason I feel like that's a much more recent movie, but you're right. That was like 20 years ago. Yikes. <laughs> so anyway, when it comes to aliens, there's usually like it seems like there's there's a couple schools of thought that all have to do with water. It's like, oh, they need water or water kills them. It's true. You wonder where that came from. Mhm. Or maybe you don't. I don't. I didn't until just right now. Actually, <laughs> now I'm, I'm probably going to forget about it later. So maybe I didn't. So tell me why you enjoy this movie so much.
1: What I I really enjoy Kevin Williams's dialogue, and I think that if he finds a good director like he did with Wes Craven, you know, with Scream, and in, with this with Robert Rodriguez, if he finds a good director that can pull off his scripts, I just enjoy the crap out of it. So he was going to direct this movie himself, mm-hmm. and he decided not to because he wanted to direct Teaching Mrs. Tingle. With Katie Holmes, uh-huh. great choice to not direct this one uh, because that movie did not flow very well. I like how he takes everything that we already know and he mixes it up. Like I know that this movie got shitted on by the critics because of the exact same reason. We've seen this all before, right? This is he's just he's just putting everything in a blender and seeing what comes out. But right. to me. There's originality to that. If you could pull it off where it's actually entertaining, we know what's happening, but we don't know really what's going on. Like, I knew, I didn't know
2: who the queen was. Like, you know. See that, that's where we differ because right away I was like, oh, she's the bad guy. Really? As soon as it was, I forget what the exact word was. It was, it was, she was talking to um, Stokely about like, don't you all just feel like aliens sometimes? We're all aliens on a planet of just humans and being aliens. <laughs>
0: Excuse me, could you please tell me where the office is? It's my first day here. Thank you. I'm Mary Beth Louise Hutchinson. I really love what you've done with your nose ring. It really brings out the color in your eyes.
2: Like, there was some weird monologue that she delivered, and I I got a vibe from her when she first introduced herself. I was like, okay, this girl's out of place. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. She's like Southern Belle transferred to Ohio. Or right. Whatever. Then she started. She started really kind of like, and I don't know why an alien queen would do this. <laughs> I mean, she's clearly maybe she's a new alien queen, but like, why would you give such overt clues to your identity? You know, without without prompting, she just talks about alien this, alien that, alien this, alien that, and then the part well, where because she, Stokely is reading an alien book. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. But she was trying to, you know, it also. Hang out seemed, with the I don't know. I guess if I was an alien queen, I'd feel like I'd go the other way. I'd be like, oh. That girl's already suspicious of aliens. I'm gonna stay away from her. I'm not gonna hide in plain sight with this one. That's I don't true. know.
1: Well, there, you know, there's there's the thought process behind the fact that she didn't want to forcefully take anybody. She wanted everybody to come to her way of thinking and you know peacefully coexist. And see,
2: that's the part at the end that I really liked was when she explains her rationale. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't, and she does it naked. Right. She, she explains her <laughs> rationale um cloaked in shadow naked in the locker room and she's like i just wanted everyone to you know come to my way of life no fear no stress no attitude i like that she said no attitude that was i don't think i've ever heard like whenever you hear one of these like pontificating villain speeches about like my way would be the best way nobody ever says no attitude (laughs) but i really like that i thought that that was a very like like because that that and i don't know if that's just because it was like that 98 99 early 2000s stuff, like, there was a lot of stress on, like, a- I think attitude in terms of pop culture, and I just remember hearing that word a lot, mm-hmm. attitude, and um, yeah, out, it was just a cool throwaway line, probably, but I, I was like, oh, like, oh we're I've, still never heard, heard, I've never heard a villain's speech contain that, and I like that.
0: You know, in my world, Casey, there were limitless oceans as far as the eye could see. Beautiful home till it started to dry up. So I escaped, came here. I met you, all of you. All of you were different from the others. Thanks, pal. You were lost and lonely, just like me. And I thought that maybe I could give you a taste of my world. A world without anger, without fear, without attitude. Where the underachiever goes home at night to parents who care. The jock can be smart, the ugly duckling beautiful, and the class wuss doesn't have to live in terror. The new girl, well, the new girl, she can just fit right in with people who are just like her. You see, Casey? Even Mary Beth's feelings can be hurt by a bunch of pathetic lost little outcasts who truly believe that their disaffected, lonely life is the only way they can survive. I can make you a part of something so special, Casey. So perfect. So fearless. Don't you want that, Casey?
1: I'd rather be afraid.
0: Fine. All right? Have it your way. Because this is where your land of fiction gets it right. We win. End of story.
1: I think – well, I mean, I think it definitely points to one of the biggest flaws that I don't think we're ever going to get away from because it's all dealing with hormones and whatnot in middle school and high school. But, I mean, kids are, you know, for the most part, just pushing everybody's buttons to see where see what they fit happens. in the
2: world, you know? I mean – and that's another thing too. Like I was uh, – as we're watching this, you know, you and I are both sort of making career changes toward the world of teaching. And I couldn't help but be like, oh, you know, I wonder if – the notion of, like, that's not the first movie to suggest all oh, our teachers are aliens. Right. I remember that was a thing in Men in Black. That was a thing in... Um, I'm sure w- if you got,
1: like, the script of that, you could, or of this, you could see all. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, Because they right. do reference, like, Men
2: in Black. Yeah, there's another one they mentioned I can't remember. I wonder if that sort of, like, I wonder if that that trope still exists today or if it's something different. If, like
1: If students are saying our teachers are aliens? Yeah. I don't know.
2: Uh, I'll ask today when I go. (laughs) Yeah, I guess you could. I mean, I know plenty of kids think I'm weird and stuff, but like, I wonder if it's connected to aliens and kind of the way that like that. I feel like that was like a pop culture hit when we were in high school. Mm. Not to say that any of us really ever legitimately suspected that our teachers were aliens. I don't know. Maybe. I feel like in the 40s and 50s, it was our teachers are communists. Yeah. And so, so yeah. So communists, I don't know what it would have been in like the 60s and 70s. But then, like, 80s, 90s, aliens. Like, what is it today? I wonder. I wonder. Yeah, that's a good question. Is it? I feel like I was just rambling. I like it. Like, honestly, that was one of those sentences that started, and I had no idea where it was going to go, so I just kept talking. I think it went well. And it came out, and we can't take it back. This
1: film has maybe one of my favorite razzing of two characters against each other, which is Stokely and Stan.
0: Ah! Whoa, whoa. You okay? Walk much? You ran into me, beast.
1: Mm -hmm. Like, I love how at the beginning, every time they bump into each other, they have something to say to each other Mm -hmm. that is not complimentary. Mm -hmm. And so, like... One of my favorite ones that I will always quote, even if I, like, bump into somebody today is when Stokely bumps into Stan and when she's getting a drink of water and she's seeing something off in the distance and she goes, man, get a fucking seeing eye dog. Mm -hmm. And he responds with, maybe if you didn't paint your fucking eyes shut. (laughs) And for some reason, like, every time I think about it, I go, God, I love that line. Why? I don't know. I just love, I like, and maybe this is something, you know, from my childhood because my, my father and my stepmother had such a cantankerous relationship where they would just try to one up each other with with lines against each other.
2: Oh just kinda like teasing <laughs> yeah. and back and forth. Yeah. Um right.
1: and so kind of I probably took that on and just enjoy hearing two couples completely yeah. demolish each other. It's probably one of my favorite relationships to watch on film even going so far as I'm just looking at the note that I forgot about Pumpkin Jensen being in this. Mm -hmm. One of my other favorite roles of her is House on Haunted Hill. And the beginning of that, she and Jeffrey Rush... Are in a relationship where they just constantly joke about killing each other Hmm. and so like war of the roses i really love my favorite pieces of dialogue is oceans 11 when george clooney is sitting down with julia roberts and they just go back and forth with one-liners you know just just trying to i'm not laughing danny right yeah
2: you're a thief and a liar
1: i only lied about being a thief i don't do that anymore steal lie
0: I'm with someone now who doesn't have to make that kind of distinction.
1: No, he's very clear on both.
0: You know what your problem is? I only
1: have one. You've met too many people like you. I'm with Terry now.
0: Does he make you laugh? He doesn't make me cry.
1: I love that gamesmanship between two people who love each other. Interesting. And so, and and in this one, I don't think I ever realized that Stan and Stokely were going to end
2: up at the end. See, that's pretty much, I mean, that's directly out of The Breakfast Club. Yes. Like, that's an homage, like, all the way through.
1: Except the Stan character was very interesting in this, because he just wants to give up football because he's tired of the special treatment of, you know, like... Well,
2: that's the same thing Emilio Estevez was talking about wrestling? wrestling. He wanted, like, he... His whole big monologue where he breaks down and starts crying is all about, like, talking about how people are, like, running his life for him, telling him what to do, telling him how to act, telling him what to eat, telling him how to work out. Right. And he's just like, you know, you've got to be number one and that whole thing. True. So, it's very much like – I I forget if he actually says this or if this is just, like, something that I heard later, but, like, he compares himself to a racehorse somehow, like – Talks about that's how much input I have into my future and all that. Right. And then him and um, Ali Sheedy, who's the outcast character, end up together. Right. So, But yeah. in a twist, I suppose, from The Breakfast Club, in The Faculty, the nerd character, Frodo Baggins, and the prom queen-ish character end up together. Right. Where it's the other way around in The Breakfast Club.
1: Which I was very happy with because Jordana Brewster, I dated a girl because she looked like Jordana Brewster.
2: Oh, that's nice. Like
1: I was, (laughs) (laughs) oh, I mean, oh, I went one date. It was the worst date I've ever had in my life. Um, Wait, is that when we went to the movies?
2: No. double date to the movies
1: kind of? What was that one?
2: We went to see Monsters, Inc. with two girls and I thought one of the girls was the Jordana Brewster one. Did I
1: know these girls or did we just sit next to them?
2: No, we went like it was at OU. We went like we planned it like it was a thing.
1: Who was that girl?
2: I, I don't, don't even remember, remember this. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> was it me? <laughs> Yeah, it was you. I'm positive it was you, and I'm positive we saw Monsters, Inc., and I thought the Jordana Brewster thing was the thing for that. I don't remember. Oh,
1: maybe. Probably. Well, then, good. Then we had two I days. don't want to give away this... any
2: names. I don't want to use any names on, on, on the show. That, gotcha. Because it's, it's a pain in the ass to go back and bleep <laughs> things out. But yeah, I feel like I remember that, so... Cool. Well, at least there was two dates, so,
1: so the, the one that I think about is not the only image that she had of me. Although Monsters, Inc. was not my favorite Pixar. But yeah, no, I think I would probably relate the most with Elijah Wood's character in this, as far as, like, stereotypes and tropes go. Okay. And so, the fact that he ended up with Jordan Brewster, I was like, ah, good for him. Nailed it. I mean, I never got, like, ran into it. Uh, the American flag. Polar. That was really brutal, too. They <laughs> For
2: those of you who have yet to watch the movie, a bunch of jocks, we assume... Pick Elijah, what's his last name? Elijah Wood up Frodo Baggins, Elijah Baggins, uh, and spread his legs, and then just ram his junk into a flagpole several times. Like that's just that's I mean that's borderline like Guantanamo Bay torturous, (laughs) you know? Like that's that that was that was I watched that and was kind of like oh that's brutal
1: yeah. And then of course his
2: dad is Shooter McGraw. Oh yeah, Shooter McGavin. Shooter, Shooter McGavin. McGavin. That was and that's another thing that like you, you watch this movie and everybody's in this movie. So right. there was Shooter McGavin, is his dad, Frazier's wife, the ones we mentioned, like John Stewart. Some Hayek. Urscher, oh, some Hayek, that's right. <laughs> as the nurse, some Hayek, and then as the like the history teacher, he was the police chief from Super Troopers who Okay. I, I knew him and he was also on Seinfeld and was um what There's another one he's been in. He was in, uh, it was either Broken Arrow or Under Siege 2. I don't remember <laughs> one of those movies. But anyway, he's. it's just one of those like, oh, that guy. There was a lot of those, I feel like, in this movie.
1: Lewis Black was in this?
2: The comedian?
1: Yeah. Who's Mr. Lewis. I don't remember that. Ah, maybe you got cut. Yeah, maybe. Because I'm looking at it. So, I mean, the casting of this film was so phenomenal that I had to look up the casting agents okay. for it and or casting directors, Bethann McCarthy and Mary Vernu, which, I mean, by name you probably wouldn't know, but- so McCarthy does the Fast and Furious franchises now, oh. and Verno uh, does Oscar winners like Silver Linings Playbook. Like they're legit.
2: So I had I, I had a bit of a, a bit debate. of a debate about the Fast and the Furious franchise. I think that that have you seen all those movies or not? Not yet. Okay, so that I think I'm on four or
1: five that
2: franchise, if you can ignore the cheese and you know the just ridiculousness of it, is one of the most I think one of the most evolved and diverse franchises in movie history. Really? You have to watch it. I won't say you have to watch it in order, but you have to watch it with respect to, like, the evolution of first Paul Walker and Vin Diesel's characters, and then even sort of, like, the secondary and tertiary characters as they go through. I think we're on, like, number nine now. Yeah. With a spinoff or two, I think. But, like, they go from strictly street racing, like, punks, to, like, family-oriented criminals with hearts of gold to criminals who are being forced to act against their will to save their family and stuff. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of development that's purposely overshadowed by the spectacle of the whole movie, the whole franchise. You know, obviously it's an action franchise. It's about like the Vin Diesel driving a car from one building to another building. But beyond that, I think why it makes so much money and why it works is because it's got an incredibly diverse cast. I don't know that Now that I'm thinking about the last one, since Paul Walker died, I don't know that there's actually just like a straight white male character in the main lineup anymore. Vin Diesel? Mm, He, I mean, he, in the movie, he's Italian, but not to the, like, I guess I mean straight white male character (laughs) to the extent of what Paul Walker was. Like, I mean, he was- Like, California boy. California surfer, like- Sunshine. Yeah, like, uh, you know, prototypical white boy action hero. Gotcha. Something like that. It's really kind of like an exercise and like there's something for everybody in these in these movies. Nice. And Even the people who hate them, like even the people who really, really are like, ugh, it's mindless and drivel and blah, blah, blah. Like they can't deny that there's something appealing about them. I don't think. How do we get talking about this again? I don't. Oh, casting know. Oh, directors. Oh, casting directors. And that makes sense then that Jordana Brewster is part of the Fast and the Furious yep. franchise. So.
1: Took him along with her. Um, I always felt bad for the, so like the fuck you boy and the fuck you girl Mm -hmm. slapping at it. The boy becomes an alien before the girl and then he just gets the crap kicked out of him because he's not moving off of the park bench and Mm -hmm. that's like the first time that I think Casey, noted or Zeke notices something wrong as he's walking by because
2: oh that's right that's right that's right that's right so
1: he just gets slapped in the face over and over again and the look on his face
2: like why did i take this body (laughs) right 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 it just always feels so bad for him yeah there was a lot that like um i don't know this was a movie that like i like and the one thing at the end too and they didn't really get into this a ton but there was sort of like a like a government cover up aspect to it at the end remember Mm. it was on the news and Frodo Baggins was on the cover of like Time and People and stuff and all that hero or hoax <clears throat> right and they never really I would have loved to see them get into the more like is this happening everywhere is this a government thing is this a you know it, why schools to start and all that kind of stuff right. like that would have been I think that would have been cool if there was a sequel I would have I would now that I've seen it I would be interested
1: yeah definitely is well, there a sequel like no. a
2: direct to DVD no no
1: no sequel to this one and like I said like I would really like cuz I really I really like how the villain of the story is more evolved than just, oh, we're aliens taking over the... You know, like, Mary Mm -hmm. Beth had a purpose to Mm -hmm. her. And I think she was even trying to, like, integrate herself with the teenagers because she liked feeling like the outcast and she wanted the outcast to come to her like she she was almost loving in a way you know and then when everything went to shit she was like "All right, fucking I'm just gonna take over this
2: place her role was interesting because she she came in as like you know like wide-eyed and innocent outcast basically (laughs) contrasting to the outcast that was already at the school which was Stokely right or all of them you know well yeah I guess that's a good point yeah that's a good point that's really deep
1: did you just think of that? No, I mean, like, there's deep, so, like, so when they're forcing each other to take scat, mm-hmm. right, in, in Zeke's garage, mm-hmm. which is a mirror of uh, when they're all taking blood tests and John Carpenter's The Thing.
2: I've
1: mm-hmm. got a solution. We know this out some, right? Take a hit. No way, man. I don't do drugs. Oh, come on, man. If you're not an alien, you got nothing to worry about.
0: Zeke's right. This is the only way to know for sure.
1: Yeah, come on, Stan. What are you afraid
0: of, man? Look, we all do it.
1: Casey? Why me first? It's your birthright, man. Just fucking take it. The psychology behind, I love the acting choices of Jordana Brewster because she knows she's an alien. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know that Mary Beth's the queen. Right, the queen or an alien in general. So when they start going, well, we're going to have to probably take scat to see who's an alien or whatnot, Jordana Brewster immediately starts pointing out everybody's flaws to try and, like, you know, do that. That, that thing of uh, when you know you're in the wrong, you try to point out how everybody else is wrong. Oh, um,
2: I didn't even catch that. Yeah,
1: like she is masterminding that whole scene hmm. and just being like, oh, Stan, like the, the captain of the football team that suddenly decides to quit. Casey, when did you become a Oh, that, Weber? yeah, 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 know, yeah, that's like, right, that's right. Yeah. So she starts doing that and turning everybody against each other to try and to try and take the blame off of her. Interesting. So, I mean, like there's like... Even like the one line, even last night, I was like, damn, that's a great line is when uh, Elijah Wood is in the locker room and Usher almost beats him up, but Stan jumps in the way and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then they're alone. And uh, Elijah Wood goes, man, it must suck being you being facetious. And Stan walks by him and goes, you have no idea. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's deep, you mm-hmm. know, because you you don't know. Everybody's going through some shit. Well, that, and that goes
2: back to the whole Breakfast Club thing of like, you know, we talked about Emilio Estevez, but also um, I can't think of his name. I was going to call him Brian Austin Green, but that's not right. No. Because I know that it's a three name. Anthony, Anthony Michael, Michael Hall. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a three name <laughs> thing. But when he talks about um, like he goes into his whole monologue about how they found a f- It was like a flare gun in his locker or something Mm -hmm. because he was talking about killing himself because he got a D in Woodshop. And you're right. It's like that whole, like, you don't know what other people are going through. And that was a very – that was kind of like a – like, they – obviously, this was an alien movie. So, they didn't get too deeply into the psyche of the characters. Right. But it's little stuff like that. You're right. that That made each character a little bit more relatable, I think. Mm-hmm. They Nobody
1: mentions it, but so Stan at the door after he's turned mm-hmm. and Stokely, is, oh, yeah. they're looking mm-hmm. at each other through the glass. What What movie did you think of when he's like, open the door? The Shining? Uh, I was thinking
2: Fear. Oh, uh, maybe, yeah.
1: Open me, the fucking door. Open the fucking house. <laughs>
2: yeah, that movie's silly.
1: But then I was like, well, that's really mean because he's just sitting there being like, if you become an alien, you'll be beautiful. Oh, you'll yeah. finally be beautiful. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. That's probably, <laughs> she's going to remember that when everything- <laughs> <laughs> when everything goes that
2: up. wasn't him, though. That was the alien talking. <laughs> so, yeah, fear. I didn't even think of that. Um, and then uh, when Josh Hartnett
1: is going to get more scat from his car, mm-hmm. he takes Elijah Wood and says, you're the decoy. Mm-hmm. Pretty weak decoy because Elijah Wood is not very fast. Like,
2: <laughs> Well, and that was the other thing, too. Like, they're chasing him around a bus and the entire football team who's aliens now doesn't think to look in the bus. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of like, eh, but right. whatever. I mean, right. I, that was just a – that was a, a meaningless kind of scene anyway. Um, I didn't realize too, like I, – I, and I feel like um, in the previews, they downplayed this, but there was a lot of, like, creature, you know, creature effects and stuff like that that I don't remember seeing or being aware of when this first came out. Right. Like, you actually see the alien queen as, like, this big octopus-looking thing. Right. Which was cool. Um, it was – it was – a cool-looking creature, and I don't remember them playing that up as much in like the trailers or when it first came out. I would say that's the only thing. The
1: I think they shot their load too early mm-hmm. um, by showing the creature when they did, because the one thing that I don't like the is the queen or the little the queen. Okay, um, is because she turns into the creature, which is a good effect of her like face mm-hmm. melting oh, away and, yeah, yeah, and everything. Yeah. But then she goes back into her body, mm-hmm. which totally enjoy because she's naked and she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, so that's a shapeshifter, you know, like I under- uh, I love like the shadow of like I love everything about it. I just don't love the idea of it. Got it. Because like the shadow is really cool when she's walking down the locker room mm-hmm. and the shadows playing off the walls, all of our tentacles and mm-hmm. whatnot. But that's one that's my that's probably like my biggest gripe with the movie is right
2: there. <laughs> that's not a bad gripe. And if that's your biggest gripe, then I think that's a solid movie. What did the critics have to say about this movie?
1: So, essentially, I went over it with the, uh, that they just think that they've seen it all before, that it was a ripoff of all these other films, Mm -hmm. which I completely disagree with. One thing that I will say, looking into this, that really pissed me off, is that there are reviews on Rotten Tomatoes from critics, Mm -hmm. you know, like, that somehow got verified but if you look down, like, some of these uh, critics, you read their articles, they're, like, one paragraph long. One of them had, like, it said a completely original film and then had, like, four R's and went, right. I was like, how? This isn't even professional. Oh, um, so. Okay. And then, like, the review, like, forgot characters' names. We're like, I don't even know character names because they weren't properly addressed. And I was like, uh, they praised <sighs> the film and showed it online. Yeah, like,
2: it's probably not too hard
1: to get verified on Rotten Tomatoes. And that just... That angers the crap out of me because it's affecting the score. What was the score? The score on Rotten Tomatoes was... 53% from the critics, 55% from the audience. Hmm. It's all kind of around there, except 91% of Google users love this movie. Oh, nice. The Christian scientists did not like this movie. It was a 25 out of 100. (laughs) Shocker. Uh, But I can't find the original review for it. All I found was like the headline, which said creepy, Hmm. which... Not wrong. The movie's supposed to be creepy. Not wrong. Yeah. So that's pretty much where they were lining up with that. Uh, The one thing that I did find that I want to see if you could do it is frequently asked questions mm-hmm. about the movie. Okay. I want to see if you can answer them. Oh, okay. Does Professor Furlong die?
2: No, he comes back at the end with an eye patch.
1: But don't you think that was just like a comedic thing to throw in? How does he not die?
2: Um, <laughs> he got dehydrated. Oh Wait, are you asking? Is this like a rhetorical question?
1: No, this is like, a quite, like. do you think Professor Furlong died? Why would they
2: show him at the end with an eye patch if because he died? Because
1: Robert Riga's... Oh, out of I, the I didn't of think mouth, of it. I, I
2: didn't think of it beyond the fact that they showed him at the end. Okay. What's another one?
1: When does Delilah get assimilated?
2: Uh, that I don't know. I don't know.
1: My two theories on it. Okay. The two, When she's hiding with Mary Beth mm-hmm. during when Professor Furlong is going nuts and Josh Hartnett breaks a paper cutter in half uh, to okay, use as yep. a sword, mm-hmm. they're hiding behind the thing together. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, that could be when it does. When she becomes an alien, except when they're walking out of the school after that and saying, be cool, there's whispers of Delilah. So, I'm like, well, the other aliens don't think that she's an alien, Uh you know, because they're whispering her name. Hmm. So, the second thing, and I wrote it down, is that she gets simulated even earlier when she runs out of the school without Elijah because they can't find her for like the police to question about finding the dead body in the closet and everything uh, like right. that. And then she comes back to school with her glasses on because contacts dry out your eyes. Uh, and this is all about, you know,
2: well, that would make the most sense out. then when she comes back with the glasses. I think we're probably mm-hmm. like that. That seems to me like the most obvious one. And she doesn't care about her looks because you don't right. have to care about your looks as, as
1: right. because yep. even she said when Stan at the very beginning would try to kiss her and she's like, These are Estee Lauder lips, they take seventy two minutes hours, or seventy two minutes to yeah. apply. And I was like, Really? Yeah. Is that what women go through? That's silly. So that and silly. then the last question is, um, why doesn't Mary Beth assimilate Zeke when they are alone and making out
2: That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is there an answer?
1: Uh they have somebody put during the scene in which she reveals herself to Stokely as the alien, she almost seems to try and convince her to come over willingly. Shortly after, when Zeke confronts her in the locker room, she states how it was sweet of him to bond with her. She later goes on to say how she met them Uh, and noted how they were all lost and lonely just like her but even that even her feelings can be hurt by them long story short it is possible that she didn't infect the main group because she had taken some sort of observatory interest in them almost to the point of wanting to befriend them in some way Hmm. at least to enough to convince them to convert willingly or that she enjoys the greater manipulation Hmm. after all it is easy for her to take humans by force but messing with their emotions may take some more work and therefore is more enjoyable for a creature like her
2: Makes sense. That's a whole other like deep level of this alien psychology, but it makes sense. The original title for this film was The Feelers. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> All right. So wrapping it up, thoughts on the faculty?
1: I uh, love it. I, I, I recommend it wholeheartedly to whoever wants to watch it. I mean, there probably are plot holes and everything like that, mm-hmm. but I,
2: I think it's a very fun movie where you can easily ignore those. That's fair. I, uh, like I said, I'd never seen it before. Knew of it, knew what it was about. I was expecting something interesting because you recommended it, but I really just kind of thoroughly enjoyed it. And I feel like it was one that if it was on TV, I'd probably stop to watch again. Nice. So well worth the four bucks I spent to rent it. (laughs) Good. It was on that free service and then it must have gone off at the beginning of April. It's not there anymore.
1: I rented it through the library, and it was like a streaming service that the library
2: provided. That's awesome. I know, right? Libraries one thing that we have not fucked up as a civilization. Libraries, yet, Yet. (laughs) yet, but still, I mean, we've. I'd, I'd say we've done pretty good when it comes to libraries. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty solid concept that we've yet to screw up. Nice. So, all right. So this has been Second Chance Cinema. We um, do
1: now have a Facebook group, which is getting some traffic. And we do. Yeah, and we did have. You a, set that up? I did. Oh man. Um, and so, and we're getting uh, recommendations from it. Cool. For movies in the future, which always do that. They're even movies that we haven't seen, we're, we're glad to take a look. Like MC didn't see the faculty. Nope. There was the ice harvest. Have you seen that? No, is one of the recommendations for us, and so I feel like we'll dive into that.
2: Okay. Yeah, sounds good. All right. So until next time, um, did I forget. Did we stop saying it wasn't that bad? No, you wanted it to though, and I. Let's do it with this movie. Let's 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 turn over a new leaf. Let's because start... you never
1: said like there's a lot a,
2: to unpack here today. I'm like oh, oh no. there was a lot to unpack <laughs> though, man. All right, let's let's uh, we'll regroup. But for right now, instead of saying it wasn't that bad, I'll just say. There was a lot to unpack here. Okay. And we unpacked it success- successfully. Absolutely. I can
1: film it and make a YouTube channel about how much we unpacked it. Maybe. I don't like YouTube channels, but maybe. Well, there's that unwrapping the present. Oh, right, right.
2: Unboxing. That's yeah. what I was trying to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All <laughs> right. So, until next time, hit us up with recommendations or requests, and we will see you, or not see you, again, watch out for aliens in your schools.
1: was produced by Dimension Films and Los Hooligans Productions. It was distributed by Miramax Films. Second Chance Cinema is a fan of the film and urges you to check it out. Closing credits music is from the film soundtrack, The Kids Aren't All Right by Offspring. Thank you for listening to this episode of Second Chance Cinema. If you have any comments, questions, corrections, or would like to recommend a movie for a future show, you can reach us at 2 cinema at gmail.com. We have a Second Chance Cinema Facebook group. You can find us on Twitter at mcnspro or check us out on Instagram at 2NDchancecinema. To help our little show out, please tell your friends about us, leave a review wherever you listen, and be sure to subscribe and download each episode you listen to as those simple steps makes us much more visible in the universe, which makes these fine secret cinematic masterpieces more visible. And isn't that really the whole point? Now go on and have a beautiful day, you wonderful person, you. And remember, if your Ohio City is suddenly overtaken by aliens, good chance it's the new girl with the southern accent.
2: Jamie had a chance, well she really did Whoa. Still she dropped out and had a couple of kids Marcel isn't home cause he's got no job She plays guitarist, wants a lot of pop